Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards in Sports Card Insights from Dr. James Beckett here with Rich Klein. This is another one of our tribute episodes. Uh, I can't say we enjoy it in in every sense, but we do enjoy honoring uh, those who've gone before us, uh, friends that we had known for many years in the industry, for me for sure, with Wayne Varner, as you can see from the uh, title of the episode, a real mainstay, not just in the Pittsburgh area, but also uh, nationally and regionally. So I'd, I'd bump into him. I bought cards from him. I've, I'm sure I've sold cards to him. I've I've uh, gotten price input from uh, from him and his cohorts, and uh, a great guy, and uh, passed away uh, a week ago. So let me, let me thank the sponsors first before Rich and I engage in Give you some insights and uh, about about Wayne uh, Beckett Media. Thank you, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Thank you, Tom C. Thank you as well, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini Tops, and Upper Deck. Thank you, sponsors. Well, today's episode is a tribute to Wayne Varner, who just very very recently passed away. He was very much a vintage dealer, and at least for the longest time, he wasn't much of a grading. Customer, he was just more of a a straight shooter dealer who sold quality cards from the kind of the golden age, a lot of vintage stuff. And, well, what's your recollection? And I remember one after one show you went to, and I think you probably bought them from his partner Bill Zimpelman. I bought a lot of stuff from Bill and Mike Weed as well. They, you come back with this amazing cachet of type cards that I had never seen before, huh. and they're in these holders, and they're in they're in whatever holders they use. And those cards are all oh, right because they, they labeled their they holders. They labeled all their holders. They didn't grade them, but it was like in a in a in a uh, yeah yeah. And that was one of the coolest show finds. That I will tell you, at that price level, that was something you needed to do, and not me. Well, they had great stuff, and they they knew uh, two things about Wayne. Is uh, one, he was always generous with uh, helping uh, he and his partners uh, to help with uh, the price input on the price guides. But when I see a guy who's working very closely with two other guys, and they're all three seemingly quality guys, when I see uh, somebody that's not the Lone Ranger that's working together in a high-trust relationship with a lot of money sitting on the table and those guys working together, uh, that that speaks to the character of, of each of those guys. Now, I don't know that they were always in lockstep together, but for many of the years they were uh, one would be at the table and exchanging money, and they had expensive stuff. And, and I will, they were very knowledgeable. And I will tell you, I knew his partner, Bill Zimpleman, a bit better because Bill and I could go on stories. Bill is a music guy. He owned a record store before he went That's into right. baseball cards. And we share a love of the old music. And I remember at one show, there was some deal, at one of the nationals, there was a dealer from Colorado who hosted his own oldies radio show on Sunday night. And I come back and I show Bill, look what this guy just gave me because he kept a couple of air checks. And it turned out <laughs> that Bill was actually jealous of the fact that I had beaten him to getting the air check because, you know, he also in Pittsburgh would go to these, if you ever watch public television, a lot of times they have these oldies concerts where they bring out the artists for one or two songs. Well, they'd be taped in Pittsburgh, a lot of them. Bill would go to them. So he would tell me the stories of sometimes it would be two or three nights and they'd have to wear the same, they'd have to wear the same clothes or the same color three straight nights just because the TV... You couldn't. You didn't want to have yeah. the audience pan to see different, different colors. But one thing about Wayne was another of my my mutual friends, a player, a fan who a collector, a dealer who grew up very near them in Pennsylvania. Dave Zuba 
last year at the National wanting to see Wayne. And Wayne, you know, you could tell he was sick at the time. And he wanted to chase down Dave. I said, no, 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 I'll call Dave. We will come to see you. You've earned that respect. Yeah. And I got a hold of Dave, and they spent probably a good hour talking. Oh, and I was very happy that I was able to facilitate that conversation. Well, you know, Pittsburgh always had a, a, a warm spot, a spot in my heart because that's where I went to kindergarten through fourth grade. And that's how come I loved uh, Roberto Clemente. But I didn't know any, I mean, I knew collectors in my neighborhood, but there wasn't any organized hobby. This would be in the 50s. Uh, so then I moved away. And then the years when I was up in Bowling Green uh, and traveling around as a young professor, a uh, lot of overlap with uh, Bill and Wayne and Mark, I mean, Mike. And, uh, and they, uh, they had Pittsburgh stuff. They had Clemente stuff. So uh, I was a, uh, always wanted to hit their table. And they were always courteous, always knowledgeable. And, and Wayne, uh, you know, just was, uh, they just were, were good guys. But you were telling me that Wayne was from Zelianople. That's correct. Which is where I went to camp. I want I to hear about, the, I want to hear about this camp. It was YMCA camp. Yeah. I went there. Was it a sleepaway or was it a day camp? It was camp? a sleepaway. Yeah. We went for like a week. I think, uh, was, I've got to ask. Uh, I've got to ask a really silly question. Down here in Dallas, we have what they call like vacation Bible schools during the summer. Was being at the YMCA for a summer camp sort of like a vacation Bible school, since it's Young Men yeah. Christians Association? Well, I, the, I think the sea was silent. Okay, <laughs> in those days, which which it is in some uh, parts of the uh, of, of the organization, it seems like it's maybe it's a local option, but. Uh, uh, I'm sure they say they said grace over the food or something, but it was just a bunch. It was all boys, and uh, I remember one uh, maybe on the weekend your dad came, so I remember my dad coming, and and uh, it was uh, it was a great experience, but it was not in. It was kind of out and about. It wasn't in. It wasn't in Pittsburgh proper. Uh, but, well, most uh, camps, most summer camps, most summer camps are. <laughs> but uh, again, Wayne was well organized. Uh, he, I wouldn't say he was, I mean, he, he was aggressively priced without, I mean, he kind of knew what the market was and the, he had, uh, was very conditioned, condition sensitive without being, I mean, he personally graded the cars. I don't know if he did it or Bill did it, but they were graded and you could see he'd have five of a different, uh, of a 57 Aaron and they would be five different conditions as evaluated by him. And he was, uh, a good enough grader that people could could trust. You know, and, you know, nobody ever likes to speak ill of anybody who's no longer with us. But Bill had mentioned to me on Facebook when I saw the post and I put on the popular for pre-war collectors net fifty four message board that Wayne had passed. And we're, there are still responses coming in a week later, which shows you just the character of the man and how everybody says such positive things. Mm-hmm. And Bill sent me this Facebook message. I can't get onto net fifty four right now. I said, Bill, don't worry, I've already posted this for you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad I was able to help and show Wayne, you know, where he is now that people really respected him and yeah. appreciated he was a collector too. He was a collector before he became right. a dealer. Another thing, and cause I'm, uh, maybe it's not, I'm obviously older than you. It's obvious to me anyway. I mean, uh, over, over, the, uh, over the, over the, uh, that's why I'm doing an audio podcast, but, but, uh, Wayne stood the test of time. Yes, he did. I mean, he was there in the seventies and he was, uh, again, and this, this is an industry that you know, I'm, I'm not railing against people that 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 cut corners, but because but there are some people that cut corners, and you don't last in this industry for 40 years and and be in a position of respect if you're cutting corners. If you're doing that, you will be found out. And so Wayne was a straight shooter from the beginning and had excellent partners, and they 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 had a lot of repeat business. And to me, that's the way to make it in this industry, not to get a trick somebody into a sale, but to have good stuff. And Pittsburgh, 
they own the Pittsburgh market practically. Yes. I mean, I think that if there was a collection for sale in Pittsburgh, I don't remember very many buying trips going into Pittsburgh when, when people did those yeah. things because those guys had it covered. And they did a good job, and they probably paid very fair. And it's funny, you and I talk about the 70s. I did my first show in 1979 when I was still in college. You were doing price guides by 1979. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when we talk about being in the 70s, you know, that's a long time ago on several levels, but it also shows, you know, we were there almost as the hobby was really beginning to explode. Well, and Wayne was there too. Yes. And Wayne, Wayne, Wayne was a, a little bit older than me. And, um, I think he's about five years older than you. Maybe, yeah, probably. That sounds about right. But he, yeah, like I said, it's just, you know, nobody lives forever. Uh, I'm hoping he had, uh, and, and, and thinking he probably had some good estate planning kinds of things. When, when you have partners and you have trusted people in your life, then uh, when when you pass, whether it's, well, it seems like it's always untimely, but when you do, you've got someone that can can help uh, organize. And, and I feel bad for the people that don't have that situation. We've talked about uh, dedicating a future episode to what happens to when the person passes away and the the it's a widow situation, doesn't know what to do and may have uh, just confusion and not knowing who to trust. You know, Wayne knew who to trust, and, uh, you know, he hopefully there's an orderly situation there. And as you said, he was always very helpful with the pricing. His catalogs were wonderful to see. You right. never heard any complaints about cards not being as ordered or, you know, as offered. Right. And you didn't hear about shipping issues or anything. He had a pretty good setup. And, you know, the fact that he was always considered so honorable was a big help. I think that, like I said, that, that really matters. I mean, there's, again, we've... We always want to be positive tone here, but when something's 99% great and 1% a problem, uh, it's, it's important to deal with the 1%, not necessarily dwell on it, but to, but to deal with it. And Wayne was not part of that 1%. And uh, hopefully, like I said, when, when people do mess up, I hope they get found out. And let's be honest, since none of us are perfect, we're all going to make mistakes in that 1%, but it's what you do with that 1% mistakes you make that really matters. Well, good point. I bet I, I wouldn't say that, that uh, Wayne... And Bill would say that they never had a card returned, yeah. because that's that's probably uh, the, you know the adage that the customer's always right is just want to go on the record of saying that's not true. <laughs> the customer's not always right, but if you act as if the customer's always right in almost every situation, then you're, you, they want their money back. You give them their money back, and and uh, and, and I'm sure Wayne, I'm sure Wayne did that. So uh, another hobby legend, uh, not with us. He wasn't at the national. Uh, I guess he he was probably. Would you say he was his priority was probably in the high thirties? Yeah, I would say he was way up there. He always yeah. had. He was a table in the front of the room. Right. So that he would have been. At, you know, and that's you know. Again, when I was way more active back in the seventies, uh, eighties, and nineties, uh, I, I saw him regularly, and he was a lot of the same show circuit in the Midwest when I was doing that. And then in the Price Guide years uh, of the, the the heaviest years, uh, maybe even before you came, I would say, Rich, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of that traveling and I was going to the big shows. Wayne was there. I, and, and I would see you in New York about once a month yeah, in those well, days. Well, it wasn't once a month, but it was, it, oh, was, close. it was, it was a lot. It, it was a lot because that's really where the action was. And Wayne and those guys would, 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 uh, would be there as well, uh, for the, for the, for the bigger shows. But, uh, what do you think about, uh, his legacy? I think his legacy is a good person who, as, we, as I said, when we looked at the Net54 things, a lot of people said really positive things about how he conducted his business and nobody had anything negative. And I think... But he wasn't flamboyant. He wasn't flamboyant. But so he, he was wasn't a, sensational. He no, wasn't he was controversial. Steady. He's the type of person the hobby needs. You know, 
Mark Harwell used to talk about at one point he wanted everybody at Beckett to be a type A personality. <laughs> you need a couple type B personalities in the hobby too. And Wayne was aggressive but conservative, and yeah. he was a, almost more of a type B. Hey, I've got good cards. People will buy them. I don't have to be flamboyant. They have a catalog. Oh, I point. have mail order. And he was closer to type B than type A. That's interesting. I, I, I think I would uh, accept that. And, and Bill Zimpleman as well, because they were, they were almost always together, and they both had a real uh, heart for customer service. And again, when you're selling something that you know really well, you can explain it patiently. You can dive deep with your customer if you need to. And, you know, so they weren't just collectors or, or non-collectors who were selling the, the latest hot item. They were, they were lifelong collectors. And I think that has something to do with the material they, can't, they carried. And I think that appealed to the collectors that bought from them. I think it did. Uh, so uh, life well lived, Wayne Varner. We, we miss you. Again, thanks for, uh, for uh, gracing our hobby, our industry with your presence for so many decades. So uh, again, thanks, Rich, for being here. Thank you, Jim. Uh, and uh, thank you, listeners, for listening in on another uh, tribute episode. If you've got questions or comments about this or any of the other episodes, you can email me at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R and then James Beckett and I'd be happy to, to uh, uh, respond appropriately. So again, thanks everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.